Welcome to episode 25 of the Passing Lane Show. I'm Brian. And I'm Eric. And, uh, hey, man, we took a little time off, right? We uh, we hit the NFL draft pretty hard, and then we said, oh, we'll see you in the fall, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we took our summer. We're, we're teachers now. <laughs> we take summers off. Yeah, I mean, you know, the people they don't know. Maybe we went through uh, some uh, some training camp, had uh, had some spring ball. You know, who knows? Maybe we were ha- working hard at our craft. They don't know that yeah. we were uh, just outside enjoying the sweltering heat in uh, in my state. I don't know about you. Summer here has been brutal. See, summer here hasn't been too bad temperature wise, but we have to fight, uh, you know, mosquitoes the size of your fist. So. It's never pleasant that way. Do but... they have Zika up there yet? That's the big thing here. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were in Rio. Did you move to Rio? I didn't... Dude, they made it. They made it to Florida. They got they hopped hopped over to uh, Puerto Rico, and then at some point they made it into uh, Miami. So uh, they're steadily and now Tampa area as well. So they're steadily making their way north. That's gonna be uh, it's gonna be the end of us, man. The mosquitoes, the, the yeah, one of the world's so... smallest creatures. So far, none of that here, thankfully. Oh, but. well, you're lucky. All right, that's good. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, fall hopefully means uh, mosquitoes will go away, that sweltering heat will disappear, and football is back. Man, last night, NFL kicked off, and the game was actually pretty good, I thought. It was. Unless you're Cam Newton. Yes, especially with about, uh, what, a minute and a half left in the game, Cam Newton. Yeah, he got rocked pretty hard. What Ooh. the big deal in the media today is he got hit like what five or six times in the head. Yeah, yeah, that was and, definitely. And only one tumult. was only one was penalized, so right. um, he's not too happy. Yeah, yeah, they were uh, they were getting after him pretty well, and definitely took took some some big shots on him. But that last one, that was a real that that one. I was kind of surprised that he stayed in the game after that, and he looked pretty uh, pretty cloudy and fuzzy. Right, right there after when they showed the close up of him, he uh, he took a shot right to the face mask, and then his head yep. bounced off the turf as well. Yeah, it didn't look good. And yeah. to be honest, though, I was surprised that only one of them was penalized, yeah. one of those hits, because they seem to have such a strong focus now on keeping them safe. And right. you know, but again, how many were just in the inadvertent? Yeah, you know, I don't think anyone was headhunting, so to speak, but. Do you? Do you think they were intentional? I don't think so. I I do think it's kind of hard against a player like Cam, who's who's he's bi- he's a big guy, but he's deceptively quick and agile, yeah. and he can change directions pretty easily. Um, you know, I think quite a bit easier than than guys of comparable size. And so yeah. I think when a a linebacker or a safety or a corner comes at him full speed, sometimes they just he makes a switch in direction and they do too to try to counter them and they just end up colliding kind of at awkward angles and that's where you get that face mask to face mask or or hits kind of above the shoulders um you know i i didn't feel like you said i didn't feel like they were dirty hits necessarily or that they were trying to take them out yeah and at six five you know the crown of the helmet of the defender is likely going to be right in his grill so yeah um you know not not that not many linebackers are six five. You know, I can see defensive linemen, but when you're getting plowed over by a by a linebacker, they're typically not that tall. So I think he might be more um more prone to it maybe. I don't know. Or maybe not. Yeah, I mean that that would be kinda interesting if anybody ever ever did any sort of statistical breakdown of quarterbacks that were maybe six three or six four and taller, if they if they seemingly got more uh, hits kind of above the shoulder pads or not. Cause that's a good point. You know, a lot of, especially corners, 
they come on a corner blitz or if he gets outside the pocket and he's one-on-one -on -one with a corner or safety and those guys are what five nine or five ten to maybe six one or six two yeah so like you were saying you know the, the crown of their helmet's right there up under his chin strap for sure when and they're you know as defenders it's constantly drilled into their head that they cannot go low on a quarterback right. for fear of retaliation or penalty or fine you know so there's that sweet spot in the middle now granted he has a larger sweet spot because of his height but you're coming at him and if you can't go low you're going to go middle well unless you get you know, to me, it's kind of a hard thing to do because the, your helmet's going to be up towards his chin anyways, and he's probably going to, you know, have some reflex where he crouches or, or, or crunches up a little bit. Right. I, I don't know. Yeah, well, and they, you know, they don't want guys dropping their, their heads to tackle, you know, for, yeah. for fear of some type of neck injury either. So you're right. If they're if they're kind of leading with their own face mask, they can catch him right up under his um, very inadvertently where they're not really trying to hit his helmet. But that's yeah. you know it just ends up what what happens. Yep. But Denver Denver played a hell of a game, especially rookie quarterback man. Yeah, man. Right. What is it, Trevor Simeon? Is that how you yeah. say his name? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. He, he went I was to surprised. Western. And yeah. I remember watching him in college. He was pretty good. And uh, didn't have much fanfare in the draft. I think he was what like a fifth or seventh round pick, something late. And yeah. uh, beat out Sanchez, and here he is starting and getting a win. Yeah, he looked. He looked. You know, he made some mistakes, obviously, which which should be expected. But I thought he looked awfully poised for being in the position he's in at the age he's in. Right. And you know, it 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 uh, that poise um, brought them a win, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's certainly uh, the age old uh, adage where it's you don't want to be the guy that follows a guy like Peyton Manning. You want to be the guy exactly. that follows that guy, kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, he did well. I mean, he definitely made some. Made some adjustments at uh, at halftime. They they uh, they had a story today that I read where he told Kubiak that he didn't want some kind of slim down playbook. He wanted to be able to run the full full set of plays. And uh, yeah. I mean, they did. They kind of they took the reins off let him, off of him, let him make mistakes. And uh, I mean, the first half he he didn't really look great. Had some turnovers and made some bad decisions. Um, but definitely in the second half, put it together. And I mean, their defense is definitely going to be good enough to keep them in every game. So, oh yeah, for sure. And, and honestly, Peyton played pretty pretty terrible last year. So, yeah, I, agree. I mean, if if this guy, if he can be even an upgrade over uh, you know, 2015 Peyton Manning, that's a a big step in the right direction for them to try to get back to the Super Bowl for sure. Yeah, so Peyton physically I think was diminished last year, but obviously mentally he's clear as clear as can be. Right. So I think his decision making was great last year, but he just wasn't able to make all the throws that he, you know, previously has been able to do. But last night, watching the second half especially, as you mentioned, you know, Simeon was I thought he was extremely accurate. You know, yep. watching receivers run across the middle, you know, crossing routes and, and uh, little swing routes by running backs or they're running out in the flat. He was he was placing that ball as good as it could possibly be placed, as well as it could be placed, where only they could get it. And for example, on some swing routes with some running backs, put it just arm's length in front of them so that they can keep running full speed and not have to slow down to catch it. Right. And yeah. I was I was thoroughly impressed by that because obviously that helped them maintain their momentum as a runner. And yeah, that seemed like he was not a rookie last night. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is too. Um, you know, he, he definitely can scramble better than Peyton Manning. I mean, he's not super quick or super agile, but he's he's good enough that 
on a couple of those those plays uh, where the coverage was really well or maybe the pocket kind of broke down, he was able to scramble and pick up 10 or 12 yards, you know, which is something they didn't have with Peyton. So yeah. it's, it is at least, you know, they're not going to ask him to run a bunch of, of uh, option stuff or called runs necessarily, but to have a guy that you know you can you can trust to pick up three or four, whatever, five yards, if something breaks down, he's not going to get sacked. Um or necessarily have to throw it away. I mean, that's that's huge. You know, if you can just get positive yardage on every play, I mean, that's that's definitely a a thing that they would like with their their offensive line's pretty good. They got a good running game, good receiver. So it's, I mean, he's he's certainly not not a Peyton Manning from you know what two thousand eight or nine. I don't know if yeah. there's if there are too many guys in the league of of that uh, that skill set even right now. But uh, like I said, they just need him to protect the ball, make smart plays. Let the defense help him out, get uh, get kind of more acclimated to uh, to the NFL. So, you think they got a chance to repeat? Oh man, that's hard. It's so hard to win back. <laughs> I know one game in. I'm like, what do you think? <laughs> it's so you know how many teams have won back to back. It's so difficult to do. And yeah. obviously, like you said, they have they have the defense that's capable of of bringing them back to that title game. Um, you know, I, I I guess I'm not sure who in the AFC can compete with them. You know. I think the Patriots are obviously probably the favorites to do that, and having to sit, uh, you know, having to go four games while while Tom Brady sits is going to be a challenge. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they might they might be the best option in the AFC, and so yeah, maybe they will. Maybe they probably have as good a chance as anybody to do it. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to think this morning, you know, with Denver, Denver starting out one and zero, and their their new QB looking pretty good. Who else would be out there? So you're right, New England. Um. I don't know Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Uh, I mean, kind of who else? Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't rule out Pittsburgh. That's for sure, especially with the the the, the talent they have on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I think Roethlisberger to me is always kind of. Um, I'm not a huge fan, you know. And when I think to like fantasy fantasy performance, it's kind of hit or miss. But um, when you got Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell after his suspension, right. You know they're they're definitely no joke on offense. So yeah, what do you think it about an option uh, too. Indy with a healthy Andrew Luck? And I don't know. I don't know if I feel like he's that good. You know, I yeah. think there's been so much debate about whether or not he should have been paid what he was. And yeah, I don't know. They 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 probably have a chance as well, but I don't think they can get past Denver's defense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because look mean, what Denver's defense bad. did to the Carolina in the Super Bowl. Like it was an all defensive show. Right. And Carolina had only lost one game, right, leading yeah. up to that all season, yep. and they shut them down. So, yeah, I think Denver probably is the favorite in the AFC. So, so then on the other side, looking at at how Carolina played, what do you think the season holds for them? I mean, granted, it's same thing. First game doesn't really say too much, but I mean, did you see anything in that game that stood out to you as something that they should really be concerned about? No, not at this point. You know. Um, being able to protect Cam Newton against an elite defense clearly was difficult for them. Right. With what Demarcus Ware on his own had one and a half or two sacks, I think. So you got to keep him upright. You know, as mobile as he is, you'd think you'd be able to get away. But if you can't protect him, he doesn't have time to plan his escape. You know? Right. Yeah. So especially you know when they when they were driving down trying to get get in field goal range, man, Denver was sending relentless pressure and. I mean, he hit a couple passes that got him across the 50-yard line and did get him in range, but he, I mean, it was like, he had to be quick because they yeah. were just getting 
hammered. I mean, the pocket was collapsing like every play. Um, I mean, yeah. I know they're they were trying to bring a bunch of pressure to throw them off, but it. I mean, it's it's a game plan that that if other teams, I mean, granted, other teams don't quite have the the defense that Denver does, but if you can kind of scheme up something similar, uh, Carolina might be a might be a, a kind of hard road back to trying to get to the to the Super Bowl because the the NFC is going to be tough again this year, man. It's deep for sure. Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, with that said, what do you think about uh, your Minnesota Vikings? I know they man. took a little hit with Bridgewater. I was I was going to be rooting for them, man. A little hit. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a sad deal. I I really think it's sad. Um, I don't know what's going to happen there, you know. So now they make that play to get Sam Bradford in, and I, I feel initially I was kind of outraged by it because I'm like. Sam Bradford has been nothing but fragile his entire NFL career. Right. And he's he's had what two torn ACLs I think. I I feel like he had a lot of lot of hype obviously he went number 1 uh in the draft and so there's a lot of hype and I know he's talented and he played with Adrian Peterson at Oklahoma. But the more I've thought about it, you know, giving up uh next year's first round pick and then a 20 what is it a 2018 fourth round pick if they're kind of built to win right now. Yeah. And giving you know handing the playbook over to Sean Hill uh you know to try to win them the season I don't think they have a lot of confidence in him I think they have confidence in him as a backup but I don't think they have confidence in him to carry the team for 16 games plus so the more I thought about it you know it being built to win now like I said bringing in Bradford is to me a smart move because he is younger he has more upside I think than Sean Hill does even with being behind the eight ball in terms of having to learn the playbook on the fly in a short period of time. Um, I think he, you know, is going to be better. Will he be better than Bridgewater was? No, I don't think so. But he gives them as good a chance as any that was available. You know, I really wanted to see Michael Vick come to town, to be honest with you, because I have fond memories of him. And obviously what he did 10 years ago doesn't matter right now. But I think he's electrifying and... But maybe that's maybe that's a dumb idea. I don't know. But you know, that's what they got available. Maybe he could. Right. Well, that's what all the Philly fans are saying. Oh, here here the Vikings are picking up all of Philadelphia's <laughs> castoffs. You know, <laughs> you know, Randall Cunningham, Donovan McNabb, Sam Bradford. Yeah, yeah. But that's the same well, crap the Packers fans say all the damn time too. Yeah, exactly. Hey, man, you got to try to win these games. Yeah. So you know, apparently Zimmer has made a decision on who's going to start on Sunday, but he's not sharing it. So um, I, I have a feeling it's going to be Bradford, and they're probably right now at uh, their training facility, Winter Park, just packing his brain full of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine that they would make that trade and not not have him start. I mean, I think you're right. It's it's kind of one of those deals where you look at Sean Hill versus Bradford, and it's just the this possible ceiling with Bradford is so much higher than it is with Sean Hill, even with yeah. the the uh, injury concerns. That I, I mean, I think you have to. You're right. There, you're all, you're going to have such a small window of time with a talent like Adrian Peterson that basically every single year you have to try to win it. I mean, that's kind of the way I would look at it. Like this guy at running back is a game changing talent. And for the amount of time that we have him on our team, we have to do everything we can to try to win as many games as possible. Exactly. So, I mean, in that respect, and it, it just it sucks for Minnesota that it happens so late because then your hands are really tied. You have no options. You know, I mean, it's not like this was an off season deal. 
you know, that something happened, freak accident or whatever, for it to happen this late in the process, it's, I mean, it forces your hand. You, you can't, you can't do anything. You have no leverage. You can't, you know, there's nothing really you can do about it. What do you think Bridgewater's, um, you know, prognosis is for the future? Man, I really like him and I want to see him do well, but that injury sounded pretty nasty. Yeah. <laughs> we've seen a lot of QBs that have similar knee injuries that they're just not the same because there's so much so much tied to the mechanics of being a QB with your your footwork and your foundation that any sort of instability in your knees or your ankles or your feet they just they're just not the same they can't they don't have the same power or the same accuracy so i would say that i'm cautiously optimistic i re- i i really want him to do well i mean i really want him to to play well for Minnesota and have a really long and, and good career. Cause I really, I, you know, I watched him since college and he was awesome. Yeah. So I wish him nothing but the best. I really hope that he recovers a hundred percent and he's ready to go, you know, as soon as possible. But what are they saying up there? Kind of what's the feeling in Minnesota? It's that same thing that I think it's a, it's a tempered optimism because, you know, as Vikings fans and, and, and coaching staff, most of which obviously weren't here when Dante Culpepper was injured, but, you know, his knee was destroyed uh, in a game. You know, he, he was running uh, up the middle, basically, and someone hit him from the side, destroyed his knee, and he was never the same ever again. I know he went down to Miami, too, didn't he? Yeah, awesome. And, it was a, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, like you said, there are so many quarterbacks who have suffered an injury similar to that. However, his his foot was facing the wrong way. So it wasn't just like he tore his ACL like Jordy Nelson last year in a non-contact play and, you know, many others. Yeah, it was, it was, a, before. yeah, it was a total devastation right. where, you know, I heard, I heard reports that players were vomiting on the field because of the gruesomeness of, of the injury. And then I heard other ones saying that people were just mad. So I'm not sure if they actually got sick, but I could easily see that happening because personally, when I don't do well with joint injuries, like you know, you watch something happen on TV, a mm-hmm. skateboarding accident, it's like, oh man, it makes my stomach hurt. Right. And to see it live would probably just wreck me. But people were also just like Zimmer, Coach Zimmer was just so sad about the whole thing because this guy's, regardless of the football team's success or failure because of this, the guy's just a really good kid. Yeah. And to see something bad like that happen to someone who works so hard and who people like so much, it's just kind of crappy to have that happen. So up here, everyone's just really hopeful. You know, he just had a surgery this week, um, and people want to see what's going to happen and how long. You know, because I, I also, that was another thing I meant to say, too, is that I think bringing in Bradford is also a sign that the Vikings aren't confident that Bridgewater will be back before the start of the next season. Okay, yeah. And so I think I think, I think think um, Bradford serves as a, a long-term fill-in for him in case he either can return at some other time or maybe not ever again, so... Yeah, that's sad, man. I was really looking forward to uh, to seeing Bridgewater get better and, and you know improve his game. And then you got AP and you got a pretty good defense, so it, it was seeming like everything was kind of lining up for him to uh, to make a good run this year. So I, maybe Bradford will surprise us. Maybe this will finally be the stop where he puts it all together yeah. and he stays healthy and you know he has a good supporting cast and a good running, good strong running game that can help him out and he can get it done. Yeah, he's saying the right things, you know. He says he's ex- he's excited to be here, so it's not like we're in Philly. He didn't want to be there and publicly made that known. So right. hopefully, that's, hopefully that's a good thing. So they they start with Tennessee. I think they can beat Tennessee. 
Then they got Green Bay the second week of this season. So that's uh, at that's at home with the brand new. That's at home in the brand new stadium too. That's gonna be awesome, huh? That stadium looks sweet. Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. They've had a couple concerts there. Metallica came to town a few weeks ago, and um, apparently it's not great for a music venue, um, but it's it's been great for football. So during the preseason, so that's awesome. Yeah, it'll it'll make its what national TV debut channel on NBC. I think it's an is right. it a night game. <clears throat> I think so. Or, yeah, or, yeah, against the Packers. Yeah, not this week, but next next week. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it would be pretty sweet if they could uh, not only beat Green Bay but do so at the uh, home opener. That would be that yeah. would be ridiculous, huh? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to watch that happen. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah. So speaking of. Uh, of uh, Dante Culpepper going to Miami. Miami. <laughs> quarterback issues. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, what do you mean? We got Ryan Tannehill. It's all good. It's perfect. <laughs> Same place we were last year when we finished 6-10. and 10. Yeah, awesome. exactly. We do have uh, Arian Foster, however. He's there uh, playing running back now. So, well, yeah, I, I, got I, I honestly, I have no idea what to expect from this team. Well, I can tell you one thing. I, I would expect a loss this Sunday against the <laughs> Seahawks. Yes. <laughs> I would as well. And you know what? I'm going to look this up real quick because I'm very curious. How much do you think Seattle is favored by in this weekend's game? So they'll get three because they're at home automatically I, pretty much, right? Yeah, I don't even know. But I can tell you this. In my Yahoo Survival Football League, everyone has picked the Seahawks <laughs> to win guaranteed this week. So <laughs> oh, that might be a hint. Yeah, I'm sure it is. So I figure you get three points at home, and they're probably I bet I bet it's Seattle by thirteen. It's got to be right, something like that. Let's see. Let's what, see. What's the line here? Uh, see, folks, aren't you glad you didn't? You're not missing this part. I know, right? This is what everybody tunes in for. It's our our weekly uh, uh, Google podcast part here. All right, let's see. So they have. It says here uh, plus ten and plus <clears throat> plus ten Miami minus ten Seattle. Okay, yeah, so that's actually a little bit lower than I figured. Like I said, I would have had Seattle at 13. Huh, hmm. so they really think Seattle's only a touchdown. Well, that is the highest one by far. That's pretty ridiculous. Now the next highest, if you can believe this, Arizona is at negative 6.5, New England's at positive 6.5. So hmm. Chicago-Houston, plus and minus 6. San Diego-KC, same thing. Yeah, I guess the opening week is kind of tricky. You really don't know what to expect. Yeah. Offenses, you're, you know, some of them are breaking in new quarterbacks or you got new coordinators on both sides of the ball. It's just, it's very up in the air, I, I feel like. This this side I pulled up, this is the predicted score is Miami 14.6. That's great. And <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like rock and jock. They have like a half a point or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what. It's like you kick it off the Gatorade cooler or something. And, uh, and Seattle 25. So I could see Seattle scoring 25. I don't – Miami 14. Maybe they might get like a garbage touchdown, you know, where it's like 25 or even 28 to 7 going into the fourth quarter, and then they get something at the end. Yeah, maybe. I think I'd still take Seattle in the 10, though. Yeah, I don't know enough about betting, to be honest with you. But I would I, but I would definitely agree that the Seahawks are going to win that game. So, so they have Minnesota favored by two and a half against Tennessee that seems low it does seem low doesn't it and it's probably pretty much just because of Bradford just getting there and trying to get acclimated to that playbook but I would I would take Minnesota in two and a half yeah 
for I sure. I can see Minnesota beating Tennessee by a touchdown or more, I would think. I hope. Now, watch, we're going to come back and, and next week, and Miami's going to have beat Seattle, and Minnesota's <laughs> going to have lost by, like, 10. And 90% of Yahoo's survival football player season <laughs> will be right. done. Yeah. So, I mean, Miami went 6-10 and 10 last year. I've been, been looking at their schedule, right? So, they start out with Seattle and then the, the uh, Brady-less New England Patriots, which I, I have no idea what to expect there either. Um, then they get Cleveland. And Cincinnati, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Buffalo. I mean, they don't have, like, a stretch run where there's a ton of tough games in a row necessarily. So I could see 8-8 eight and eight being realistic for this team. I'd be pretty happy making a two-game improvement over last year. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, I mean, it really does all hinge on Tannehill. I don't know, man. He's had a couple years to uh, to really get it going, and I just haven't seen it. So we'll see what happens against uh, Seattle it's going to be pretty miserable for him but he doesn't really try to throw downfield very often anyway most of his passes are usually uh, pretty short to intermediate range so yeah, just dink and dunk kind yeah. of stuff yep yeah you know the problem with that is then they can kind of crowd the line on defense because they're not really worried about them going deep and uh then Arian Foster's not really gonna have much running room either so and and he's you know, I always worry about his hamstring, so. <laughs> As well he should be. It's exactly. Very, uh, very tender. He can't uh, He can't stretch that thing out too much, man. It's true. So speaking of betting, Uh-oh. how would you, what, you how, would, good? how did you bet on UFC 202? Oh, I would have taken Nate Diaz plus everything. And he should have won, but. I think, yeah, I think he got jobbed. I thought at. For sure, that was at least a draw. But yeah, I read a thing afterwards <clears throat> with uh, was it Big John McCarthy was the ref for that fight? Yeah, and uh, he said that none of the rounds went eight to ten for either of the two fighters. So the one round where I thought that Nate Diaz scored ten ten to eight, um, apparently no. In, uh, in Big John's eyes, it was probably more like 10 to 9. So then you get to the scoring, and then that's that's how uh, McGregor wins split decision like he does. But I don't know. I mean, it was definitely a great fight. It was pretty active and entertaining. I felt like Nate Diaz, he, it's the age-old thing, man. You can't let the refs decide the fight. And he, yeah. had, dude, he had McGregor in that second round. And... I never, ever in a million years after seeing the end of that round and seeing those two guys sitting in their corners would have expected McGregor to come out and fight like he did in the third round. Yeah, I agree. For sure. I mean, I thought, if, I thought, okay, they're going to come out and Diaz is just going to overwhelm him again at some point and hopefully earlier in the round where he can finish him off, and it just didn't happen. So, And I know Nate said that he had some injuries that he was battling um, yeah, they weren't training. excuses, but they were excuses. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And McGregor said he broke his foot or something at some point, so. Yeah, because he was kicking so much ass, you know. <laughs> I thought it was because he was running around the ring so fast. He Me too, I thought he foot. sprained his ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the thing I that he... really, that honestly, out of the whole fight, all right, I, I can give McGregor credit that, you know, he he definitely had a game plan in place and it's it's really what everybody said he should have done in the first fight that yeah that 
Nate is heavy on that front leg, and if you just put enough kicks onto it, just, eventually... Just chop it down. Yeah, eventually it's going to soften up, and he's going to lose some of his aggressiveness. And everyone, you know, kind of in that first fight, they said, well, McGregor's not... That's not really his, his fight. He's He doesn't really utilize kicks like that too much. Well, you could tell in the second fight... He did not want any part of going to the ground with Nate Diaz. Oh, yeah. And he knew that he wasn't just going to be able to KO him with a one-off punch or something. So he did. He, he worked on a game plan, and he implemented, and he stuck to it. Um, but then you get to, like, the fourth and fifth round, and he's, like, he's literally running away from Nate Diaz. Yes. And I'm like... It's like watching a McGregor fight. Yeah, That's, I'm like, dude, if, you... If, if, if McGregor and, and, and Connor ever fight, it's going to be like watching a track meet. They're just going to run around the ring after each other, like, you know, trying to hand each other the baton. Like, that's all like, he did. So... I was like, get out of here with that. I know, I know. I'm like, that's like, that's everything that Connor complains about with yes. all these guys that he fights. Like, oh, they're so scared. They, yeah. you know, they do this, they do that. They want to, they want to go to the ground. They want to, you know, whatever. Well, you know, whatever things he says about everybody he fights that is like the epitome of it like they're scared of him they're scared yeah. to face him they're scared of his power and i'm just like what what are you scared of nate diaz you're just you're just you're literally turning your back on him and you're running away yes like what the hell man come on i agree and one thing that bugged me though that whole fight is that diaz obviously he loves to box and he's pretty good at it right but he is He's excellent on the ground, and he didn't even really try to take him down. No, to me that should, that should have been priority one. Yes, get get that shit talker on the ground, choke him out again because he tapped you know so quickly before. Right. Don't sit there and try to trade with a guy who that's clearly his specialty is standing and banging. So I don't understand why he didn't bother to try to take him down. And to me, that's what really cost him the fight. Is that you know trying to trade punches with the guy yeah it worked fine last time you know diaz gets bloody every fight because the scar tissue right and i think mcgregor loves seeing that blood on his face and he just kept coming after him but i think it was a total missed opportunity to not take him down yeah and have your way with him you know because that's what would happen i don't care how much money he spent on his training camp you know connor he's not going to compete he's not going to learn what nate knows in the fight camp that he had it's just not going to happen right yeah, he definitely waited too long. You know, it was kind of like I think he he felt at that point, kind of late in the fourth and then into the fifth, that it, it was going to be in the judges' hands, and he was trying. But he was by that point, ever you're you're so sweaty and so slippery and so yeah. tired that you just it's just a lot tougher. And I mean, I will give Connor credit that he was able to fight off some of those takedown attempts up against the cage, but. I think you're right. I think if he if Nate had started the third round and really like made an effort to put him on the ground right when they came back and they were both kind of equally tired and and Connor looked at that point like he was kind of unsure of what was going to happen, you know. I think he he started to feel a little bit like he did in that first fight where he was running out of gas and oh, yeah. and Nate was starting to pour it on a little bit more and and if if Nate could have just turned the corner a little bit and and made more of an effort, but yeah, I don't know. So are we going to see a third fight? What do you think is going to happen? Nate or well, after, McGregor's going to have to defend a title, or is he going to do some catchweight nonsense? What what the hell is going to happen now? Well, after you know, just this week they released some numbers on the fight, and it is expected to become the most successful non-boxing pay-per-view in history. Crazy. So huh? as, it is, as it is right now, the estimates put it at 1.65 million buys. 
and that puts it ahead of UFC 196 and the big uh, UFC 100. So, you know, obviously McGregor was calling for a third fight right away because the only thing he cares about is making money. <laughs> you know, he's had all these – he's had he's had how many? Like, I think he's had three different belts in his career, and he's never defended a single one of them. Right. And I think that's his M.O. He wants to say that he's the champion, and so to be able to say that, he can't defend it. You know, the longer he goes without having defended, the longer he can say he's a champion because he hasn't had to worry about losing it because he doesn't fight to let him lose it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So he doesn't want to fight at 145 again, and he and he'll say that everyone down there is a chump, and his exact words were, "I've cleared out the whole division." Well, really, he's just chasing money. He's just chasing a paycheck. So he wants that third fight, and I love that Dana White was like, "Ah, no, we're done with this. Like, this is done <laughs> and over with." But now we all know that they're that the UFC is greedy as well. So they may, you know, obviously it's a business. They want to make money, but they may pursue that. But I really think that he owes it to the 145 pound division to either vacate that belt or go down there and back a ball of his shit talking and defend that belt against Aldo again. Right. And I, I think it's kind of messed up personally that he is given a free pass to fight 155 for the belt. Like you haven't, there are all those guys in that division who are deserving of a title shot. What makes him just say, Hey, I'm going to roll in here and take this belt. I think that's, I think that's crap. Yeah. That's not fair to everyone else in the UFC in that division, especially. Yeah. Where he just calls his fights and they make him happen. I think that's crap. Yeah, and you know what? <clears throat> I mean, I, 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 I understand why the UFC does, and it's right to your point, where it's about making money. But I, I do think that at some point you risk alienating the fans that have watched from day one because they like the structure. I think there are, yeah. and I think a lot of the fighters like it too, where it's like. Okay, I know that if I work and I train and I fight and I beat this guy and that guy and that guy, that eventually I'm going to get a shot at whoever's holding the title, right? Absolutely. And, and now you have one guy that's just basically jumping across all these different weight classes, calling his own shots. And I get it. He makes a ton of money for the promotion. That's great. The problem is, to me at least, that the UFC isn't like a lot of sports where one you have one guy and he's the face of this organization, and that money trickles down to the other fighters, I haven't seen that happen. And no, a lot of the fighters, I feel like, when you hear them in interviews or see them on Twitter, they don't feel like it happens either, and they they say as much, you know, where it's like, yeah, Connor's making hundreds of millions of dollars for himself and for Dana White and, you know, for Tita Brothers, and now it got sold for billions of dollars. But a guy that's been fighting forever trying to get a shot isn't seeing that you know it doesn't it's not going to translate to 40 percent more people buying his pay-per-view necessarily you know so it's like that structure's in place for these guys to get to what they want yeah they want to make money but they want to hold the title too you know it's a big exactly. a big deal to them and it's like you're giving this one guy and i mean that that this uh, is a point we've <laughs> hashed out go, go back to like episode number one of the podcast this is like Something we we've talked about over and over, and I you know we're on the same page for sure. But it's like here it is again, and th- and kind of the the language that like aggravates me is when Dana White says that they're not going to strip Conor McGregor of the belt, and it's like his decision of what he's going to do, and if he's not going to defend it, then they're going to figure it out. And it's like, dude, come on, just say like, listen, either you fight or you don't, and if you don't, it's not your belt anymore. Like, I agree. To me, that's the way that it should be, but. I don't make the UFC hundreds of millions of dollars. So, 
But see, so to me, being a parent, I equate that to being a parent who caters to their kids and what their kids want only. When, so when Dan White's saying, well, it's his, he can do what he wants to do, that's crap. That's like telling your kid, you pick where we go out to dinner tonight. You pick what I make for dinner tonight. You pick – Right. That, that, you can't do that. You give the child too much power. The child starts getting entitled, and then that's obviously what McGregor is. He's a big kid who gets whatever he wants, and they're totally okay with it, and I think that's crap. All the other fighters who put paid their dues, put in all this work and effort and training and time, and he just rolls in. You know, for him to sit there and call out guys like, like Robbie Lawler and Tyron <laughs> Woodley and George St. Pierre, it's obvious that all he's doing is trying to find a big payday because he's right. going to get his ass whooped by any of those guys. I don't care what he thinks, how good people think he is. You're not going to stand there and brawl with someone like, well, now T. Wood has the belt. You know he's a beast. Or like Rumble Johnson. You think McGregor has a chance against Rumble, <laughs> who KO'd Glover Teixeira in you know the first right. round? And it's just or uh, uh, GSP dropping down from welterweight yeah. down. I mean, come on. And now, and at the end of the fight, you know McGregor's calling out Diaz, saying it needs to be at his weight now, one fifty-five. Well, look, Diaz didn't didn't stipulate that it had to be at 170 that's just where he was because he was on vacation right and if you wanted that fight to happen it had to be there it wasn't like hey i'm only gonna fight you at 170 yeah that McGregor's not calorie free man come on <laughs> yeah so i don't know yeah well we... so i know some of the uh some of the chatter has been maybe mcgregor fights eddie alvarez maybe he fights dozanos dude i want to see him fight khabib I think he would get wrecked bad. I I don't think he wants any part of that guy. That guy is nasty. But <laughs> if I had to pick a fight for him, I know I know uh, that uh, that Raphael fight was kind of in the in the mix before he got hurt, and uh, and people kind of want to see that clash of styles. But for me right now, as a person who still is not a huge McGregor fan, if I'm saying this is who I want McGregor to fight, that's who I'm picking. Because that guy, uh, I don't even know if McGregor would last past the first round with that guy, dude. I don't know if he'd last past the first round with any of those guys that are brutal leg kickers. Like, Yeah, maybe. You know? Like, think of what think of what RDA did to, uh, was it Pettis when he took his belt? Like, and Pettis is a legit, a legit, you know, kicker. He knows what's up. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. My buddy was telling me, too, um, maybe Cowboy, huh? That guy's that guy's on a tear right now at 170, but he's not going to go back down though, right? Because I think Dana was asked about that after his, because he fought on that same card. He defeated Rick Story right. via TKO in the second round, and you know he was asked, "Hey, is Cowboy going to stay at welterweight or or go down?" And Dana's like, "Well, you know, I think he's going to stay here." I would think so too, but if he gets presented the uh, the chance to fight McGregor for like all the money, just back the Brinks truck up, he might, he might <laughs> drop down. That's true. He might. He might. That's very true. So we'll see. It's it's. See, here's the thing, and this is like, I I hate talking about Connor because this is what he wants to happen. It, yeah. Exactly like the last five or eight minutes or whatever we spent talking about all these yeah. fights and who we want to see get uh you know beat him up. It's like this is exactly what he wants, but it's like oh man. So in one respect, he is good for the sport. It it keeps our interest, but. I mean, you got a great fight this weekend. Oreem and uh, and uh, Stiper fighting. I mean, that's like for for guys like us, we've been watching UFC now for ever. So 
you know, I get excited about fights like this. I don't need a guy like McGregor to hold my interest through the whole season. No, it's true. You know, so. Yeah, so, so I want to, you know. Who thinks going to win, uh, win tomorrow night? UFC 2 Miocic or Overeem? Um, I, I want to see Overeem win because I think he's been fighting a long time and he is a legitimate badass. And um, I don't know, you know, obviously Stipe Miocic has the KO power because he took out Verdum and to get that belt. Yeah. Uh, Verdum is also fighting on this card against Travis Brown. Um, but I, I, I can't, you know, Overeem has been on a good streak recently where he, he seems to be getting smarter. He's picking and choosing his shots better. He's, he's getting in, you know, take, getting in with some shots and then getting out to not take any damage. Right. Um, obviously Miocic KO'd Verdum while backing up, I think last time or while Verdum was backing up. So he's clearly got the power to take out most anybody, but I just, I see Overeem winning it. Um, and that's who I'd like to see win too. So yeah, yeah, I think I'm rooting for Overeem as well. Um, I don't know. I I like he's he's like the cartoon character of a UFC fighter. Like if you're like, all right, draw me a guy that is like an ultimate fighter, and it's like that's who you would draw, right? I mean, the dude is just like huge and imposing. I mean, he's not quite Brock Lesnar style, but I mean, it's still it's I like to watch him fight. I think it's it's exciting where in that division you don't have to me you don't have a ton of quote-unquote exciting active fighters you know well there's so much fear and respect for getting ko'd yep that they all have to be tentative in their approach right and i think oftentimes that can get kind of boring yeah but then again you look at what happened in in 202 with glover Teixeira and versus rumble johnson there was a lot of respect there but rumble caught him with that uppercut and it was lights out right and so I think that's why that happens. But yeah, I, you know, I think Overeem is kind of he puts on a show and he's good at what he does, and he's I think he is bound to win that fight. Yeah, yeah, me too. And it's a good card from top to bottom, so I'll uh, I'll definitely be tuning in to uh, to check it out for sure. UFC man, there's no no dearth of fights for sure. They got I swear it's like no, every I, night they got one. Yeah, they're they're busy. They're all over the world, right? This yeah. one's gonna be in Cleveland. UFC 202 was in in Vegas. You know, what do you think? The other big name fight on that card that everyone's wanted to see is is the uh, the uh, introduction of CM Punk. Yeah, yeah. WWE star. Do you think? You know, what are your what are your takes on that fight? Do you think he has a chance? Do you think he even deserves a shot in the UFC? Uh, I think he does have a chance. I am very curious to see how he does. Um, I don't really have a a feeling or a a rooting interest one way or another to see him win or lose. It's more just, I just want to see how he does. Um, It's been a long time coming for sure. You know, we've heard about him fighting in the UFC. (laughs) I swear it seems like five years now, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's another thing that I I feel like is good for the sport. You know, they're trying to get some crossover between WWE and, and UFC and, and broaden the appeal, try to get some of those guys that, have an interest in, in fighting in the UFC to come over and actually train and do it. So I'll be watching. If he loses, I won't be sad. If he wins, I won't be totally yeah. happy. It's more just like, hey, I just want to see what's what this, uh, this is all about. So what about for you? Are you uh, are you interested in seeing him win or lose, or are you just kind of like me, just want to watch it? Yeah, I don't really have a I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't really care. Um, I'm not a big WWE fan, so I've never paid a lick of attention to he him. He knows he can't bring a folding chair in there, right? 
<laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> oh, you can't tag anybody in either if, if it going you gets tough. You can't jump off so. the top of the cage. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't really care. It'll be just it'll be it'll be a spectacle to watch and see what happens and see if he's learned anything because he came in with more acting experience, right, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean, than uh, anything. So I hope for his sake he doesn't isn't. lose in the first round. Yeah, because in fact, exactly. Because that would yeah. not be good. That would be rather uh, rather embarrassing for sure. It's true. Yeah. So uh, I think we're pretty good on uh, on UFC. Seems like we're, we're lined up as far as yeah. uh, who we want to win and what we're going to watch. And, I agree. Uh, speaking of embarrassing, I, I have a quick story to tell you, and I want to get your take on it. <laughs> All right. All right. So I go to dinner with my dad every so often, and uh, I've noticed something after going to dinner with my dad quite a few times now. Where it's just he and I, right? Every, now let me set the stage. My parents are retired, right? They're not on like. Some kind of limited income budget. They were smart with their money and they can afford sure. to go out to dinner when we're not going to like some crazy places and getting like steak and lobster or something outrageous. You know, it's like a Tex Mex place. Bill was like 30 bucks. Sure. Dude, my dad is one of the worst tippers. No, no. <laughs> I know, dude. To the point where it's embarrassing for me. And I don't, he doesn't do it on purpose. I figured out, I'm pretty sure. It's not like he, we go someplace and he's like, this service was awful. Because, like, last night we went out, and the guy was super nice and very friendly and ha- provided wonderful service. And my dad tipped, like, if I had to guess, it was some random off number, like 17% or something ridiculous. And I looked at it, and and I should have known because it's something that, like, I've known for a while. And as soon as he wrote down the number and I saw what he wrote, I was like, ow! <laughs> I should have <laughs> paid the bill. Damn it, man. So I was now, thinking you were going to say 7%. No, but it's not 20. That's true. I'm like, come on, 20% to me is like the standard now. Like, yeah. if if you have competent service, it starts at 20 and it goes up yeah. from there. Yeah. I mean, exactly. if you if you got really crappy service, I could see you doing like 10 or 15 or something, but yeah. he regularly tips below 20% like all the time. And so now it's a place that's nearby my work. It's the it just opened. It's the first time I've gone there. I would like to go back, but now but they won't remember you though. I you don't, don't think. think that guy's gonna remember me. I talked to him for a little bit. He was super nice. It's it's seventeen percent, man. It's not like seven. Like I figured, true, maybe your dad like meant to tip fifteen and left five or something. You know, like <laughs> forgot the one. I would never that. go back. I would <laughs> no, I'd never never. Yeah, because if you did go back, you'd, you'd order, you know, I'd like I'd like the cheeseburger with, you know, with fries. And can you hold the spit, please? You know, that's I'd ha- it has to be like a to-go order. And then I would like have to send in my wife to go pick it up. <laughs> See, I, you know, still, I always, yeah, I'm with you. I tip 20 plus uh, still, unless, dude, unless you suck yeah, terribly. I'm telling you, though, next time when I go in there next time, if I get that same guy as my waiter, I'm going to have to tip him like 40 percent just because I feel so bad. See, here's what I do. When I go out with my dad, because my dad's the same way, if he doesn't tip what I think he tips, then I eat the cost and I tip more on mine so that it See, evens out for the whole bill. And that's what I should have done. I should have split the bill because I will do that too. I'll, I'll, normally if we split the bill, then I kind of like look over and I see his and I'm like, oh, all right, I got to go like 38% or something ridiculous. <laughs> cover this that's awesome but i just didn't even think about it and then i saw the number and it was all it was like to the point where i was like maybe i'll distract him and i'll write a number on the receipt right i'll change his number to a higher tip and and then and he won't know and he won't remember how much he left you know it's a difference of like two or three dollars 
and I'll make up for it that way. Because I didn't. My wife was like, "Why didn't you just like leave some extra on the table?" Or just, yeah, like, cut exactly. Your head, hey, I, was say. I didn't have it. I had like a ten. I wasn't gonna give the guy a ten, but <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So now I feel like obligated to go back and tip the guy more because he was super nice. And I was like, oh, come on. What are you doing? It's not 1990. Yeah. No, I get it. That's one of my pet peeves, man. That's like, I'll pay, I'll pay good money for good food and good service. I'm with you completely. I don't splurge on a lot of stuff, but that is definitely one of the things that I'll splurge on. Yeah, me too, actually. To anybody, if you've made it this far on the podcast, take care of your servers, people. Come on. Unless you like job spit. you probably don't want to do. Yeah, unless you like spit in your food. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. So that's my uh, that's my teaching lesson for the week, and it's good. It's Friday afternoon. People are going out to dinner this weekend. Remember that. You gotta do, you gotta go at least twenty percent or higher, man. Come on. Yep, I agree. We're not stuck in the eighties anymore. But can I broach the subject with my dad? Is there a delicate way, or do I just let it ride? And anytime I go to dinner with him, we always split the bill, and I just make up for it on my end. Yeah, because if he's not gonna, if he's gone this long, he's not gonna change that. Probably not. Because no. Yeah, you're right. So, All right, I'm just gonna have to split it and eat the <laughs> eat the cost like you do. <laughs> or just carry some singles in your wallet when you right. go. Some emergency. Have a emergency tip money in my wallet. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, dang it! Parents just don't understand. Will Smith is right, dude. It's true. It was. Well, we well, have to keep some stories saved up for next next episode. That's right, see, exactly. Go, so, go out to lunch a few times with your dad and see what happens again. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good to be back. I hope uh, I hope everybody had a good time listening to this show, and you know we're, we're going to try to get on a regular routine. We were going good for a while, man. We hit a couple couple weeks, couple months in a row of weekly shows. Yeah. So yep. uh, maybe now with football, we have something we can kind of tie into for uh, for the fall and the winter. Yeah, exactly. You're going to get stuck inside here not too shortly, so you'll have nothing else better to do except talk to me. I mean, that's pretty sad, but that's what it's going to be. <laughs> so uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. You can find us on uh, Facebook, uh, Passing Lanes, and I'm on Twitter at B underscore DOC, and Instagram is the same. And I'm on Instagram as Oakander, O-A-K-A-N-D-E-R. You're out there car spotting, sending pictures of uh, yeah. Aston Martins and such. It's true, once in a while. Yeah, so... Uh, Keep an eye out for that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, thanks for checking out episode 25, everybody. Yep, take care.